It is Friday, September 10th, 2021. I'm Kevin Williams. This is the LDS Life Podcast, podcasting to you from Billings, Montana. People also call me the Blind Montana Man. Very rarely do I do two podcasts in one week, but I felt like because of the last podcast I did, I need to come out here and just go solo and clarify what happened on the last podcast. I'm going to refer you to the last podcast because that's mainly what I'll be talking about. I interviewed Sam Bushman. We talked about Jeffrey R. Holland's talk, which I have some opinions about. We're going to get into that here, just me going solo. We're also going to talk about the majority of what I'm going to clarify is what Sam Bushman and I discussed as it pertained to the letter from the First Presidency regarding COVID. Now, I want to make it very clear, I am an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though it may have, if you heard the podcast last time, if you heard the last podcast, it may have sounded like I had an issue with the church. No, I have an issue with the letter. I actually talked to an attorney last night. I finally got a hold of him. He actually did some legal work for the church at the in the Caribbean, so he knows quite a bit about the legal department. And I actually got something confirmed that I had been thinking all along, that this letter was done mainly to avoid a lawsuit to towards the church. Now, this attorney explained it to me. It's called risk management. So what they did is they wrote this letter. And go listen to the last podcast. I'll put a link on it. It's the August 12th letter where it was urging people to mask up if you're indoors in public meetings where social distancing is not available. It encouraged you to take vaccines and follow the guidance of the, you know, put your trust in government leaders and the medical field. Well, the medical field is so divided. I agree with everything that Sam Bushman said, but I just want to come out here and clarify kind of what I've been thinking. So this attorney told me that the church was practicing what's called risk management, where the the letter just basically clarified the church's position so that they don't have a lawsuit or that the temples don't get shut down. And Sam made the point, and I agree with him, that, you know, whatever, you know, what happened to free agency, what happened to whatever, you know, free agency deciding things on your own. But the letter did say we urge, we strongly urge. It's not a commandment that you have to do this, nor has it said anywhere you are required. In fact, it's not even a temple recommend question about masking up. Will it be in the future? Well, I hope not, but time will tell. So that I just want to clarify that. And the, the other issue that I had, and I agree with Sam, trust the medical experts and our government leaders. Well, okay, but when Rand Paul has called Anthony Fauci out on a lie in front of Congress, 
when half the medical field believes that IV Mectrum is going to be better than vaccines, and studies have shown now, a study from Oxford that was discussed on the Laura Ingram show, I believe it was last week, that herd immunity is better, well then who do you trust when everyone else is wrong like that song by Queensryche? And I'm not saying the church leaders are wrong, even though I did, you know, I said that on the last podcast. I need to clarify that after a conversation that I had last night with the attorney who happens to be a friend of mine. I think the church is protecting itself is what I think. It's kind of like what Eric Mutso said. Go listen to that podcast. You know, the church is like a woman. Protect, 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 protect. Protect needs people to protect it. Go listen to that podcast. It was done, I believe, sometime in May. I do believe. Go, go back and listen to that. Unfortunately, the church is a 501c3 organization, and so they have to watch what they say and do. Remember, I would encourage you, if you have access to them, go back to the 50s, 60s, and possibly, I believe, even into the early 70s. I don't think so much in the 70s, but certainly in the 50s and 60s, Ezra Taft Benson used to talk about the government, the Ganyanton robbers, and communism, and communists being in our government. Incidentally, they're not on the church's website, but I, you, there's uh, people who have put these talks on YouTube, and as long as they haven't been taken down, you can go listen to those talks. But the reason I think President Benson quit doing a lot of that is because the church is, was under 501c3, and one of the issues under 501c3 is you cannot talk about politics. Of course, I'm sure that rule's been broken when, in fact, that church's political beliefs or organization's political beliefs is in sync with the government. So that's the other reason why. And I do wonder how much President Nelson knows about these alternative treatments that I believe could be better than the vaccine. How much does he know? Has he been giving mis has he been getting disinformation? Yes, I know that the prophets have direct communication to God, but like Sam and I were discussing in the last podcast, the general authorities, even the prophet, can be deceived. Now, the prophet's not going to change our doctrine. The prophet is not going to deceive us when it comes to major doctrinal issues. You have to understand there's a difference between church policy and doctrine. This is not doctrine. This is more, well, borderline policy, but it's more along the lines we encourage you to do X, Y, Z. Mask up, get vaccinated, social distance. It's not a requirement. And I do agree with Sam Bushman that when we do these type of things, because President Nelson is the prophet, because President Nelson is a doctor, people are just going to latch onto that without thinking about things on their own. Even though the handbook does advise people to consult with their doctors and pray about this. And by the way, I'm of the opinion, if you want to get the COVID vaccine, great. If you don't, great. 
but don't shove it down our throats if you don't want to get if you want to get the vaccine. Don't do it. And I'm not happy with Joe Biden's press conference yesterday either because that was completely unconstitutional. He can't make businesses do vaccines. He can't make that. The states can if they want, but President Biden can't do that. He can do that for federal workers, but he cannot do that for the whole entire country if you have 100 over, you know, 100 employees or more. That's unconstitutional. And some of you might say, well, Kevin, this is an emergency. Really? Well, I definitely think that the, the Delta virus and COVID are real. Absolutely. But with the alternative treatments out there, I think this is, in my opinion, this is my opinion only, although several people may share my opinion, I think this is the way for the government to get a lot of control. Especially when, remember, you had Rahm Emanuel uh, say at one time, never let a good crisis go to waste. So I think the church is trying to be very careful. And it'd be interesting to know just how much information President Nelson has. But again, President Nelson is not going to lead us astray when it comes to church doctrine. He will not do that. And in fact, let's acknowledge the fact that President Nelson really has taken some bold steps. Not with just COVID, but getting rid of home teaching, two-hour church, changing the youth program, getting us out of scouts, all those things President Nelson was very good about. I, I'm actually glad that he made all those changes. Although, as I've said in a previous podcast, I do miss the three-hour church service. And if I had it my way, we would actually go back to three-hour church. But I understand why he did it. And you could even argue... Maybe he foresaw COVID. Maybe he had a revelation. You could argue that, and I would buy into it. Because that is entirely possible, especially when you look at the timing of this. What you may not know, though, this uh, the two-hour church block has actually been talked about since 1993, but the very fact that it was implemented, it was implemented, uh, in 2019, COVID hit a year and a few months later. Now, some might say, well, Kevin, President Nelson was involved in a conspiracy. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. In fact, I can assure you he wasn't. But, yeah, those are the concerns that I have about the letter. You know, the free agency and going to, you know, instead of, it just, it really had this undertone of being, get, get yourself vaccinated and forget about these alternative treatments out there, which, never mind, I think might be better than the vaccine, especially if you, studies are coming out now that if you had COVID, your antibiotics are stronger. Now, how Sam Bushman got COVID twice, I don't know. We can speculate that all the time. But the study out of Oxford, and this person was on the Laura Ingram show, uh, discussed it. 
I want to talk about uh, Jeffrey R. Holland's talk. I just thought I'd clarify that because I think there, there are some misconceptions about what I think of the church and all when you listen to the last podcast. And I should have been more clear and probably just had more thoughtful discussion about it. But this is an issue I have a passion about, about freedom and having the government not step in and when the letter says, trust medical professionals, well, which one? Dr. Fauci or Rand Paul? Governor DeSantis, which medical professional or, you know, which government medical professionals are we talking about? Which government leaders and medical professionals are we talking about? That's my whole point. And I just brought up the whole deception fact because in the last days, it says the elect will be deceived. Now, again, I want to emphasize this. President Nelson is not deceiving us in doctrine. President Nelson, I don't even think, is deceiving us about the letter. He's just warning people. But I just wonder if he himself has gotten some misinformation, disinformation. I don't know. That's all I was trying to point out. And I should have done a better job at clearing that up in the last podcast. But let's talk about... Uh, Jeffrey R. Holland's talk and go back to the podcast and listen to how, how we summarized it. I'm just going to summarize it right here, though. He started out his talk, you know, thinking, uh, talking about how he got emotion. He gets emotional during the music and he thanked the people who got awards and he thanked people for, you know, he, Talked about a guest, I guess it's going to be there this semester, Andrew Teo. And he said, you know, be a pest, throw rocks at him, do all these things that we do to guests. It was all in good fun. And then he thanked the ground maintenance people, and he thanked the, uh, you know, he thanked the people that make the meals. He thanked the office hours. He thanked the teachers. He thanked the opportunity, he was thankful for the opportunity of testimony building. Honestly, it sounded like he didn't want to do his talk, is what it sounded like. But I agree with Sam Bushman that the talk was good, he had some good points, but we need more of these talks, and this should have been handled, I would say, maybe 20 years ago, maybe even more than that. The other thing I wanted to touch on, too, is I think one of the reasons President uh, Jeffrey R. Holland talked about this is because of what happened in the, with the Honor Code back in 2020 and 2021, which I have discussed at length. Uh, go back to the podcast where I talk about the Honor Code. Go look at that podcast. Go listen to it you'll find out that there was uh, specific references to homosexuality and same-sex dating is not allowed on campus, but it was not put in the honor code. And so the general authority at that time had to come out and specify, no, you cannot do this on campus, which I said and still maintain that BYU did the LGBT community a great disservice. And the rest of the students, for that matter. And yes, I do believe that there are people in the university that are trying to change the honor code. And Jeffrey R. Holland 
made that even more clear, made that uh, just firmed up my opinion. I also think that he's concerned about not just that guy coming out, Matt Easton, but I also think he's concerned about people going up to the Y and having flashlights of different colors like a rainbow and the rainbow flags. I understand there's supposed to be an event coming up here soon where people will have umbrellas. There'll be a whole bunch of umbrellas. People will be walking with their umbrellas up in, uh, and it's supposed to be, it's supposed to show rainbow. And I can't remember if it's going to be on or off campus. I heard about it and I need to check into that to see if it's, if it actually happened. I can let you know on the next podcast. But I'm sure he's concerned about this, these events. I hope BYU, I hope that the administration at Brigham Young University takes this talk into consideration. I really do. Otherwise, we're just going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on this issue. But I do believe, just based on what I have heard, and I also want you to go back to, this is the other issue that I have with BYU. And I wish President Holland or Jeffrey R. Holland would have gotten this and would have mentioned this in his talk. I understand he probably had so much time. Um, but I wish he would have mentioned this in his talk. He certainly could have if he got half the fluff out of there from the beginning. I wish he would have mentioned the fact that certain clubs were not allowed on campus, like the Pro-Life Club. Remember, I did a podcast with Tristan Moyer back in October of last year. Go listen to that podcast. And the faculty denied Hannah Syriac the honor, the uh, the petition, or you know, they denied the pro-life club to exist. They said it couldn't exist. The faculty didn't give a reason. The faculty didn't even tell them to reward it. I wish he would have mentioned that in the talk. Um, I also think it's time, and maybe they're doing it behind the scenes. Sam Bushman doesn't think so. I don't know. But I think it's time for BYU to clean house. Maybe not just BYU-Provo, but all of the campuses of BYU, BYU-Idaho, BYU-Hawaii. I don't know so much about the Pathway program because that's done more online. So I just wanted to come out and clarify a couple things, add to what Sam Bushman said. And by the way, next week, I plan to have a prepper on, on this podcast. And next week, I will tell you what the future of the LDS Life podcast holds. I'm Kevin Williams, and I will talk to you later.